Thanks for checking out the latest episode of the Spencer on Sports podcast. Heard weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on 1600 ESPN. This is Spencer on Sports on 1600 ESPN. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in to the program live from the Eakin Nutrition Studios here on 1600 ESPN. It is indeed Spencer on Sports with you till 6 tonight. And you into a busy sports weekend. Plenty of college hoops discussion and more coming up between now and 6 here on Eastern Iowa's home for sports. 1600 AM, 102.3 in Cedar Rapids, 106.3 on the FM dial in Iowa City and Coralville. Of course, you can stream us worldwide, KGYMRadio.com. Uh, find us on our free app. Look for the KGYM Sports Radio app in your app store today. Also, uh, details on our website about how you can set up your smart speaker to play 1600 ESPN. Spencer Wagon and producer Isaac with you, hanging out, uh, like I said, till 6. Scott Docterman of The Athletic going to join me coming up here in about 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes or so. Going to recap uh, what was a historic night last night, as we all said it would be. A historic night last night for Caitlin Clark and for Iowa women's basketball Women's basketball period last night. We're going to start with that. We'll talk more with Scott about it coming up around 435 tonight. Uh, as uh, he was in attendance, we'll get his perspective uh, on the, the record that fell last night uh, for Caitlin Clark and the season, the path ahead for the Iowa women uh, with four regular se- season games left. We'll talk to Scott coming up later on this hour. We'll get into the other basketball games coming up this weekend. Iowa men in action tomorrow looking to bounce back from a disappointing loss to Maryland. Uh, Wisconsin coming into town in front of a sellout crowd tomorrow at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Uh, Badgers and Hawkeyes tomorrow one fifteen on the Big Ten Network. And Iowa State uh, heading into a busy stretch here. They've got a game early tomorrow against Texas Tech. And then huge showdown Monday against Houston, which, of course, we'll talk about on Monday uh, more here on the program. But a couple important games here for Iowa State currently in that first place tie in the Big 12. Take a look at that here a little bit from TJ Otzelberger coming up in the five o'clock hour. Also get into uh, the sports menu for the weekend. I got some wrestling to talk about Iowa and Wisconsin for senior day. Uh, Also get into the NBA all-star game. Does anyone have any interest in the NBA all-star game? I think some people will watch tonight with the rising stars because Keegan Murray is uh, part of it. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, part of the Saturday night affair tomorrow with the skills competition, but the game itself going to be a lot of points and not a whole lot of defense. That's uh, that's the NBA All-Star Game in a nutshell. We've got all those events and more, of course, uh, here on the airwaves this weekend on 1600 ESPN, courtesy of ESPN Radio. Also watching uh, the season opener for Iowa baseball. They just got underway against Seton Hall down in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Sam Peterson, solo home run in the top half of the first inning. So an early one nothing lead for the 20th-ranked Iowa baseball team will keep you up to date with scores and more on that throughout the program today. 319-366-1600 as we come to you here again from the Eakin Nutrition Studios on the southwest side of Cedar Rapids. Isaac, how you doing? I'm all right. Um, yeah, I was at the game last night. It was super fun. Yeah. Uh, awesome experience. Really fun atmosphere. And, uh, yeah, I'm really glad I was able to go to that. Uh, Todd did ask if I thought about selling our tickets. It did. <laughs> I will say it did. It, we did consider it, 
um, but ultimately we're gonna go. You gotta go to we, that. Yeah, we went and we're gonna. I mean, I guess we'll see. I don't. Wanna, but I assume we're probably gonna go to the Ohio State game as well. There might be more money. We can talk about this later on in the hour, but there might be more money I know. involved for that yeah. Ohio State game. Just considering it's looking like, and Iowa's got to win, you know, more games here before uh, that game comes up, but. Boy, uh, if that is for A, a Big Ten regular season championship, and B, uh, Caitlin Clark's true last game, which very well could be at, inside Carver Hawkeye Arena, at regular season game, because right, the NCAA yeah. tournament will be coming up. But those those tickets might be a little bit more expensive than even the record breaking tickets from last night. So you got a decision to make, is what I'm telling you. Yeah, we'll probably end up going to that too. Just I would go. I think it's just go. It's just an experience that. Right now, I think a lot of Iowa fans are just kind of soaking it in, being like, oh, yeah, this is so cool, and just really appreciative of everything that's been going on. And so I, I, I don't think I want to miss it. I, I would not blame you there in the slightest. Let's uh, dive right in and uh, continue the conversation now here on 1600 ESPN. Big news. This just in. So this is a really big deal, people. This is our lead story. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? There it is! The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. Wow. In only ways that Caitlin can. Part of the sounds from last night, that audio courtesy of Peacock with Zora Stevenson on the call last night as Caitlin Clark officially passing Kelsey Plum and doing it in a big way last night. 49 points. She needed eight points. And uh, I heard Scott and Mark talking about it. I made my predictions of when the, the record would fall. I said seven minutes in. I said, well, we've seen, ah, you know, these little bit slower starts for Iowa in some of these games where you know, maybe some shots are missed and a couple easy ones are missed. And then as the first quarter goes on, they kind of ramp it up. And by halftime, it's still kind of a game, but then things go the Hawkeyes way in the second half. No, this was, this was Michigan had the lead that they had their only lead of the game. One point lead early on in that first quarter. And with Clark's three, right. It, that, that made history. They took the lead and never gave it back last night as uh, Hawkeyes win going away. One Oh six to 89 over the Michigan Wolverines, 49 points, five rebounds and 13 assists. Isaac, you mentioned you were there. I mean, we, we all should have seen this coming. I think a lot of us did see that kind of performance coming, coming off the loss to Nebraska. Uh, obviously, you know, going scoreless in the fourth quarter against the Huskers, losing a 14-point lead, losing the game uh, to Nebraska. We've seen stuff like that fuel not just Caitlin Clark, but the Hawkeyes before. And she looked like a woman on a mission last night from the opening tip, getting the first basket of the game and getting... The, the point she needed in what two twelve 
of game time, two minutes and 12 seconds to break the record in the game. That was impressive stuff. And of course it's a, it's a logo three to, to break the record. What was it like from your perspective inside Carver last night? Yeah. I mean, I said this already, but there was just an energy in Iowa city the entire day when I was going to classes, you could feel it in the classrooms. You could feel it with the students talking to each other. You could feel just, I don't know. There was just something Mm -hmm. where, um, I think in the, on the gym class, I could say you could feel like the eyes of the country were going to be on Iowa City that night and that everyone was focused on what was going to happen with Caitlin Clark and the record there. And same thing with Carver. I mean, you could just feel it. You walked in and there was just this excitement and energy that was different um, going around. And I, I don't know. It was it was very a, a very special moment, obviously. Um, I... My friend and I both thought that she just wanted to get the record out of the way so she could just ball. I think she, yeah. just, wanted, she just wanted to be done with it. She's like, <laughs> I'm going to come out and put up eight so I can just play the game and kind of relax and just do what I want to do the rest of the night. That's something we ta- I talked about on the show yesterday, and a few people in the text line brought that up. I'll ask Scott Docterman that when we, uh, when we talk with him coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. I felt like... The team would tell you the record was not hanging over them. You know, oh, we're not talking about this in practice. Lisa Bluter said in, in uh, the press conference Wednesday uh, before the game on Thursday saying, yeah, this is the first I've talked about it. The players know. They they know what is at stake. They know the history. You know, they know, like, I understand, you know, obviously they're focused on the game. They're focused on winning. And they there was no way I felt they were going to lose that game last night. But Michigan's a solid opponent. You can never take anybody in the Big Ten truly lightly, even though the Big Ten on the women's side is not as strong, I think, as the men's side. There's not as much parity. There are some some bottom feeders in the Big Ten uh, when it comes to women's basketball. But I think you're right. I think getting the record out of the way is a good thing for the team. I think they can focus on winning the game, winning the games they have to here. They've also got a week off. They played last night against Michigan. They don't play again until next Thursday, an important game in Indiana. Um, I think those two things, the record being out of the way and the, uh, the week off, are two things that I think could ultimately help them down the stretch here, you still got to go out and play the game. Still got to practice, still got to, you know, make, make the right calls, make the, make the shots, whatever, all that stuff that that's part of playing a game. But mentally, emotionally, I think those two things are kind of underrated factors in all this, right? Yeah. I, the team will never say that they were, you know, paying attention to it, but it's hard to ignore it. I guess, I mean, everyone was talking about it. You had national talking mm-hmm. heads talking about it. I mean, you saw social media everywhere, people talking about it. It's hard to ignore. Um, I don't think it was necessarily affecting the team, but it's certainly something that was, I don't know, I can, I can certainly say that it was maybe weighing on the team just a little bit, mm-hmm. where it's just hard to ignore and shut out all of that noise right. when everyone's talking about it. And so I think they just wanted to, she just wanted to say, all right, I'm going to get it over with so I can just play <laughs> the game how I want to play it. Um, and it ended up, you know, obviously being another historic night, not just for the record there, but um, a second record being broken um, with the total points she scored in the game. And, um, yeah, I, I, it is a very good 
time for them to kind of just reset and recalibrate and refocus themselves just on basketball and the game instead of all this extra stuff. If you were at the game last night or you watched on TV your reaction to the historic night, welcome on the text line, talk line and text line, 319-366-1600. You brought it up, and and I think it's something that, get, that gets lost in, you know, the, the, the whole point thing. Uh, what, 3,589 points now for Caitlin Clark. Uh, with this uh, with this record uh, last night, um, get, uh, not Gabby Marshall, Hannah Stolke's record, forty seven point. It like lasted a week, right? And it it, it just get if, okay. Here's Caitlin Clark in one of the most important games. I, game wise, you know, it's the importance of a regular season game against Michigan versus a game you know, against Ohio state or Indiana, whatever it's, it's not, you know, the same, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, standings and such like that, but she goes out and scores 49 and breaks a record that stood for a week and, you know, 49 points, 13 assists, five rebounds, a career best with nine made threes last night, Iowa women's basketball player recording scoring records in back-to-back home games. I mean, that, that's impressive stuff. And it just shows you kind of like where this team is at, especially at home. They play so well at home, uh, home games, road games too, but home games, especially, I feel like they, they expect to win every game, but it, it almost that home field, the home field, home court advantage is, is definitely noticeable with this Iowa women's team, don't you think? Yeah, Clark definitely plays off the crowd incredibly well. I think um, that's why you see her get the crowd pumped up all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. waving her arms up and stuff like that, trying to get the crowd into it, because I think that's just where she thrives. That's where she's comfortable. Um, I think she just loves that sort of energy, and I think you, you can say the same about the rest of the players. I think the rest of the players love it when the crowd's getting loud and getting into the game and cheering for whether it's Stolke or Mm -hmm. um, Kate Martin or Molly Davis gets a lot of applause um, when she has her sort of uh, scoring outbursts sometimes. Um, So I think they all just enjoy the energy that the crowd brings and really feed off of that and thrive off of that. I'll correct myself already. I said 589 to 569. I gave her 20 more points. So she's she, I mean, She'll probably score those 20 points, you know, in, against Indiana next week, barring something uh, crazy happening. But 3,569, that's one for the error column. I'll check it off, and I'm sure I'll be roasted to death on the text line at 319-366-1600. But uh, Caitlin Clark uh, passing Kelsey Plum officially last night. Several people pointing out, and again, before I get flamed on the text line for not acknowledging Lynette Woodard and her record, uh, 3,649, the the non-NCAA-recognized record, which I had several people uh, that I'm friends with text me like, why don't they recognize that record? It's because the NCAA wasn't governing women's sports at that time. And it seems kind of foolish not to recognize it, but uh, the official record for the NCAAs was Kelsey Plum's at 3,527. And again, Caitlin Clark surpassing that 212 into the game last night, two minutes and 12 seconds uh, into the game uh, on, uh, on uh, Peacock last night as the Hawkeyes took down Michigan. Uh, here's a little bit. Uh, you talked about the moment it happened uh, there was some kind of back and forth this week on Wednesday of, uh, you know, Caitlin didn't necessarily want a timeout called Lisa Bluter was like, well, I think I'm going to call a timeout. The moment happened with how loud the arena got, uh, even watching from home, you could tell it was just absolutely bonkers in there. 
I feel like a timeout needed to be called in that situation. Whether Caitlin wanted it, whether Lisa wanted to or not, Lisa Bluter wanted to or not, uh, that had to be called. Uh, and uh, this was uh, this was Holly Rowe conversation with Caitlin Clark after the game, uh, talking about enjoying the moment, being able to take a breath during the game and enjoy the fact that, hey, we did something pretty special here tonight. How did you absorb it in that moment? She calls timeout. How did you let this moment wash over you? I mean, just trying to enjoy every single second, um, you know, hugging my teammates, hugging my coaches, because I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for these fans, for my family over in the stands. Um, it takes a village to become, you know, something like this and build something like this. And Coach Bluter's been doing it for 20 plus years, and I'm just lucky to be a small part of it. And she lets me be Caitlin, and um, for that, I'm forever grateful. Caitlin Clark with Holly Rowe, who uh, is 85-82, pointed out on the text line, uh, came to the game. Uh, and the media coverage for the game was absolutely insane last night. It was a Peacock broadcast, which kudos to Peacock. We had some folks on the text line yesterday kind of commenting about Peacock's broadcast quality from some of the other games that they've seen uh, this year. And and while I don't disagree that at some times it was lacking, you give them credit because they showed starting lineups, the game, and then stayed on for, gosh, like half hour, 45 minutes after the broadcast to show everything that was – was uh was there uh after the after the game we we were both taken aback you're wondering why the heck we're both laughing there's a flock of birds that just flew by outside the window here like what is going on i just saw shadows moving rapidly yeah. over there uh i think is this like an alfred hitchcock movie you might be too young for that but uh, no i, under, I understand look you, yeah i was like what is going on there's like shadows flying around outside the uh, eco nutrition studios here but that was really odd Kind of, kind of takes you like a moment to figure out just what is happening outside the studio right now. But I digress. The media coverage was great for the game, not just from the local media, but also from a national perspective. Um, not too many. I, I don't know how many celebrity, quote unquote, were there. Kobe White was there. Kobe White of the Chicago Bulls apparently was uh, was there. Uh, but uh, but it was cool to see. You know, not just the media coverage, not just the you know the former Iowa players in attendance or whatever it was, but it was neat to see how everything was handled last night. It wasn't just a, you know, they had the bas the commemorative basketball after the game, but it was also the surprise video uh, from her family and, and, you know, former teammates and coaches and such. And and the Big Tens The Big Tens was video good, yeah. was really good with Tom Brady and Peyton right. Manning and Eli Manning and Zach Eady was in it and Gus Johnson and stuff like that. So I think it was really well done from, uh, from start to finish with uh, the the coverage uh, last night uh, here uh, for this uh, for this uh, event last night in Iowa City. A little bit more here from Caitlin Clark again. Scott Docterman going to join me here in just a moment uh, to uh, talk about what happened last night. Uh, Caitlin Clark with Holly Rowe here talking about what's going through her mind as uh, this this record-breaking moment happened. You got off to a hot start tonight, already five quick points. You're coming down the court, and you pull up from a logo three. What was going through your mind in that moment? Well, Holly, that was the only way to do it, so I had to. I told some of my teammates and my coaches, like, if I got a chance in transition, I'm going to launch one. And honestly, I didn't know if it was going to go in because it was, it was a deep one, but then it goes in, and Coach Wooder calls timeout. And I'm just thankful to be surrounded by these people, this place. Um, I'm just so grateful, honestly. Caitlin Clark and Holly Rowe from last night, 319-366-1600. I am being flamed even more so on the text line. 
for getting something wrong. How many things can spend? We need we need like a tracker. You want to keep like a, a Spencer get something wrong tracker over there because I feel like we're gonna have plenty of them by the end of the end of the show today. Twenty six oh two on the text line. Reminding me emphatically, the real record holder is Pearlmore, not Woodard. Multiple exclamation points and not in capitalized uh, capital letters. So I'm sorry, 2602, for offending everyone deeply for uh, for misremembering who had the leading uh, score uh, for NCAA history or women's basketball history, just to set the record straight. Okay, this is how many points Caitlin Clark needs to continue breaking records. Okay, this is courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. She's 99 points shy of passing Pete Maravich for the most points in Division One history. That's men's or women's. She is 81 shy of Lynette Woodard. Woodard with 3,649 set the major college record at Kansas. That was before the NCAA uh, began governing, governing women's athletics. She is 316 shy of Pearl Moore, Moore setting the overall record at Francis Marion from 1975 to 1979. So she needs 316 points to pass Pearl Moore. Can that be done this year? I mean, she would have to, like, They'd have to get to the national championship game and win, and she'd have to bomb in 30, 40 points a night. I think it's a stretch. But uh, as it was a Dave O'Brien from ESPN said after the Indiana game last year where she made the the crazy shot, all things are possible with Caitlin Clark. I think we've we've come to, to learn that maybe, expect that maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I th- uh, doubting her is foolish. She gets the, in my book, she gets the Patrick Mahomes treatment from now on, mm-hmm. which is, I am just not going to question anything. <laughs> like, if if someone says it's impossible, I'll say, it's not impossible for them. They could do it. If anyone can do it, it's Caitlin Clark. Similar, if anyone can do anything on the football field, it's Patrick Mahomes. By the way, the, the rumors of Mahomes or any of the Chiefs being there was unfounded. Unfortunately. Josie, no, I know cool. Josie Jewell and Lucas Van Ness were there yes. yep. uh, based on their Instagram stories, but uh, someone saw the Chiefs championship buses at the coral ridge mall and what it turned out to be was at least as far as my understanding is those buses are actually city of chicago buses that are loaned out to parades and so they were wrapped in chief's gear and chief's decorations and stuff heading back to chicago and must have had a pit stop at uh at the coral ridge mall but any rumors of any you know because they have deals with Hy-Vee and right, State yeah. Farm and whatever. So, and she's and a Chiefs fan. Right. right. So there were some rumors that I saw during the show yesterday, like, hey, Patrick Mahomes is going to be there. And anything like that is not, uh, did not materialize last night. They did have a couple comedians there. Yeah. They had I, Theo Vaughn. I don't know if you've heard I, of him. I, I don't know. As like a my, he's appealing to my generation. Okay. Yeah. That, that, a little who, bit of a younger who's audience. That guy? Yeah. Who is the Who is this guy? He took pictures with Connor and... Yeah. Connor and Pat McCaffrey. 319 366 1600 also uh, pointing out the Michigan. Uh, Michigan handled it with, with grace on uh, class. They were coming into a tough situation. Obviously, they're playing to win the game, and I thought they played a pretty good game. Uh, obviously, when you know Caitlin Clark and Kate Martin are on, on point like they were last night, and, and Iowa as a, as a team was on point uh, last night, uh, it's tough to beat. They're tough to beat. Uh, couldn't really keep up in that one, but I thought Michigan played pretty well last night. And then uh, the team, everyone signed a, a card, and everyone wrote an individual note to 
to Caitlin to congratulate her and the team for for the accomplishment. So I think uh, that's a pretty good good show of sportsmanship there. Especially cons- they played well considering everything that was going on yep. too. I mean, yeah. just I don't know how you, as a player you would be able to stay mentally focused. And they, you know, kept it made it a game several times where you're like, oh man, they're like kind of crawling back here and making it closer than uh, you would thought it would have been. So Michigan. There's a, deserves, deserves a ton of credit for how they handled uh, last night. 319-366-1600. If you were there, you watched on TV, love to hear your thoughts. Uh, last night's uh, contest, again, 3,569 points for Caitlin Clark. She needed eight. She got 49 last night against Michigan. We'll talk more about it with Scott Docterman coming up in just a bit. Let's send it back over to Isaac. He's got a local update for you here on 1600 ESPN. <laughs> your local sports update on 1600 ESPN. I'm Isaac Elzinga. Well, as we mentioned, the Iowa women's basketball team beat Michigan 106-89 inside Carver-Hawkeye Arena last night. Caitlin Clark's final box score ended up being 49 points and 13 assists. Kate Martin added 20 points, while Hannah Stolke added 13. The University of Iowa women's basketball team will play in the Women's Champions Classic on December 7th this year in Brooklyn, New York, inside the Barclays Center. The primetime doubleheader is set to feature the University of Iowa, the UConn, University of Tennessee, and Louisville. Uh, so that should be a pretty fun event. The Iowa baseball team has its season opener today against Seton Hall. That game started at 4, and the current score, I believe, is still 1-0 Iowa winning at the end of the first, um, probably into the second by now. Uh, the Iowa men's basketball team will be in action inside Carver tomorrow with a game against Wisconsin. That game is set for a 1:15 tip-off. The Iowa State women's basketball team has its second straight top 10 opponent tomorrow with an away game against number five, Texas. That game starts at three and you can watch it on ESPN2. The 10th ranked Iowa State men's basketball team has a home game against Texas Tech tomorrow inside Hilton Coliseum. You can listen to that game right here on 1600 ESPN with pregame starting at 10, tip-off at 11. This weekend on 1600 ESPN, we'll have coverage of the All-Star Weekend and some hockey. Check our live sports schedule on our website, kgymradio.com, for start times. That's your local sports update. I'm Isaac Elzinga for 1600 ESPN. All right, thanks, Isaac, for 30. Stay tuned. In about one hour from now, I'll have another opportunity for you to enter in our $5,000 Man Cave giveaway here from 1600 ESPN, our winning sports word of the day. One final time for this week coming up at 5.30 here on 1600 ESPN. 4.31, we'll take a quick timeout. Scott Docterman from The Athletic will join me in about four minutes. We'll uh, chat with him about what happened last night in Iowa City. Probably also look ahead to the men's game tomorrow uh, as well with him here on 1600 ESPN. That's next. Eastern Iowa weather from 1600 ESPN. I'm Casey Ferris with a check for your forecast. We'll continue to see gradually clearing skies throughout tonight with some chilly temperatures. Overnight lows will fall back into the low to mid-teens. It will be breezy, though, with northwest winds gusting as high as 30 miles per hour. That could lead to wind chill values below zero. Mostly sunny skies throughout the day on Saturday. It will continue to stay breezy with an afternoon high into the lower 30s. We will be warming, though, by Sunday under a sunny sky. We'll see temperatures in the 40s. And that was a check for your Iowa's News Now weather first forecast. There's a reason Hertine and Stocker Jewelers annual sale is famous. The savings are incredible and it only happens once a year. The sale is Saturday and Monday only. And here's the kind of famous savings you'll get. Colored stone jewelry is up to 60% off. 
including a huge selection of colored stone rings, natural diamond engagement rings up to 40% off, and enjoy an additional 15% off all gold estate pieces, which are already priced to sell. You can see why these savings are only offered once a year. With an event this famous, shoppers are excited, and you don't want to miss out. So make sure you're at the famous annual sale, happening from 10 to 5 Saturday and Monday, only at Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, corner of Dubuque and Washington in downtown Iowa City. While you're saving, say hi to Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of them is always there. Emil's Hideaway is the place to get together. Stop in for a drink and some chow with your buddies. Emil's opens every day at 4. If you're hanging out at home instead, order pickup and delivery at emilshideaway.com. Emil's Hideaway, a great place to meet up with friends. If you're facing $10,000, $20,000, or even $30,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt, there are programs available that can consolidate those debts into one single reduced monthly payment you can afford if you qualify. Accredited Debt Relief is on a mission to help you become debt-free in just 24 to 48 months. They've helped over 300,000 qualified consumers. Hardworking Americans just like you pay off more than $1 billion in debt, earning them an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Accredited Debt Relief will tailor the program to fit your specific budget and financial situation. So call Accredited Debt Relief now for your free no-obligation savings estimate and let them help you take control of your financial destiny. Call 800-641-1144. 800-641-1144. That's 800-641-1144. 800-641-1144. Program and services not available in all states. Call or text Eastern Iowa's Home for Sports at 319-366-1600. You're listening to Spencer on Sports on 1600 ESPN. Back at 434 from the Eco Nutrition Studios here on 1600 ESPN. 319-366-1600. Glad to be with you as always. With you till 6 tonight. I you mentioned the local sports schedule for the weekend. Got basketball and some hockey this weekend. NHL Stadium Series uh, coming up uh, on Sunday. We'll have Sunday afternoon's uh, broadcast. 1.30 broadcast time for Sports USA. Of course, you could check out the uh, broadcast schedule at uh, kgymradio.com. 319-366-1600, as you heard, is the talk and text line. Joining me on the talk line is Scott Docterman. Does a great job covering uh, the Hawkeyes at Iowa Sports for The Athletic. He was present in Iowa City last night uh, for a historic night. Caitlin Clark breaking the NCAA women's scoring record, surpassing Kelsey Plum uh, last night. We'll get some reaction to that and more with Scott uh, here for the next few minutes on 1600 ESPN. Scott, appreciate the time. Uh, give me your reaction to uh, what you saw in Iowa City last night. Pretty special night all around. Yeah, it was one of the great events that I probably ever covered, and certainly it might rank at or near the top of the list of anything at Carver Hawkeye Arena. You know, you don't want to be too hyperbolic in the moment, but I can't think of anything that was a better moment than that. Um, you know, the crowd was at a fever pitch from the second it walked in. Uh, I, they actually let people in early last night, and, um, you know, it was starting to fill up right around six o'clock, I mean, an hour before tip. And, and then uh, when Caitlin Clark hit that 33-foot logo shot uh, to break the record, uh, I, I keep a decibel reader um, with me, and I, and I checked it, you know, and during big games, and it was at 116 decibels uh, was the elation when, or was the sound when everything 
happened and that was the second loudest that i've ever reco- recorded at carver uh the loudest was last year caitlin clark shot against indiana at 119 but it was the same as the peyton sanford shot against uh michigan state and and uh, a reversal michael kimber against kansas or uh, penn state four or five years ago so this is a it's a unique event it's amazing uh, atmosphere and of course what Caitlin Clark was able to do not only to, to secure the the career record but then the school record in the same night it was really uh, it was a magical evening for the Hawkeyes how do you put into words what we've seen over the last four years of Caitlin Clark uh, you've been at this longer than I have uh, obviously you've been covering the Hawkeyes in Iowa sports for a while uh, I mean you go from and there's been a lot of reflecting this week right with uh, this record uh, set to fall last night from her first point uh, in an empty gym because of the pandemic to now, you know, selling out Carver for an entire season, um, you know, people paying hundreds upon hundreds of dollars to see a regular season game uh, against Michigan and then her breaking the scoring record uh, yesterday in front of that sold out crowd. Is there any way you can, you know, kind of look back and, and, from that point in 2020 to now where we stand and where this Iowa women's team has, has gone from uh, here over the last uh, handful of years with Caitlin Clark at the helm. It's, it's just in, the word I keep coming up with is, is incredible. And I'm sure that's a word you'd use to, to describe it too. Right. Well, sure. I mean, it, it's, it, it's unique. And I mean, the COVID year is just kind of on its own, right. You, you know, it's weird to kind of define it, but you know, I would just, you know, to try to almost skip that year, I, I look at the the continuation from the Megan Gustafson years through the Caitlin Clark years and just how magnificent the trajectory of Iowa women's basketball has been. And and Megan solidified the base. You knew you could tell that just in the way everybody responded to her from her mic and drills to to scoring 48 points in, in a Big Ten tournament game to scoring a thousand her senior year. Just, you know, I thought. You know, on Iowa's Mount Rushmore, she was the face, the women's basketball face of that. Um, but Caitlin has has put it so far out there that, it, I, excuse me, if Iowa sports had a Mount Rushmore, it'd be a face of one, and it'd be Caitlin Clark. Certainly, in the last eighty-five years, you know, possibly you throw now Kinnick on there, but I don't think anybody's even in that neighborhood. It's just, um, you know, you can you drain yourself of superlatives when you try to start to talk about how she's impacted the university, the women's basketball program, women's basketball, girls basketball, to just what she does on the floor. I mean, the shots she makes, the passes she makes, I think she's the best passer I've ever seen. Um, And then the charisma and the grace and the poise that she displays, it's, uh, it's at a different level. It's, you know, you know, trying to put her, uh, you know, her career into, you know, and time capsule. I mean, it, it, it's not, I wouldn't go, so, I would go so far to say that she's there with a, with a Tiger Woods or Wayne Gretzky, just as uh, her impact. And then the way she's elevated her sport to a level that we've never seen before. With this record in the rearview mirror now, obviously she's still pursuing a couple other numbers uh, uh, in regards to, you know, uh, Pistol Pete Maravich and others uh, could break down those numbers all day if we wanted to. But with this record, the Kelsey Plum number in the rearview mirror and Caitlin now at the top of the mountaintop, if you will, 
Do you think that's a good thing for the team? Does that take weight off their shoulders? Does that take weight off of Caitlin's shoulders? Or do you think that this really wasn't impacting them at all? I think it's it's really important. I think it hit the right time, um, you know, because as they were coming down the stretch and everything was, they were really focused on, you know, Caitlin Clark and this record and, and you know, out national outlets, including my, the one I work at. I mean, Chantel Jennings, our national women's writer, this is, this is the third straight game she covered as well as ESPN and, and others. And I think what we look at is, uh, it, it it has prolonged. It has been a little bit of a distraction, as Lisa Bluter said. And and I think overall, you're you know now they can kind of take a step back. Maybe now they're not at the the searing forefront and the burning forefront of of every sport, and and they can take a step back and just worry about playing and worrying about themselves. And this are getting closer and closer to the NCAA tournament, Big Ten tournament time. So and then they have a week off which I think is critical because, again, you know, they've been the, the number one focus for basketball, you know, for all season, and they still will be. But, you know, they go into every arena, sold out. Everybody's there to see them. And then, of course, the home team wants to beat them. It, it has, they haven't had any kind of a moment to exhale. And I think now they're at that moment, and I think it's probably healthy for them so they can move forward for the next, you know, six to eight weeks and see how they end up. Yeah, when you talk about how this team might end up, I feel stupid for even asking what what the ceiling is for this team. Obviously, we've seen them go to a national championship game just last year. Uh, With Caitlin Clark, I said this earlier, with, with Caitlin Clark, it feels like all things are possible. But in your opinion, Scott, how far can this team go? Obviously, you still got some important games left with Indiana and Ohio State. Every game in the Big Ten feels important, obviously. But how far do you think this team can go when you talk about making a run into March? Well, I think they're, they're you know, ultimately, I think they're capable of winning a national title. Uh, I don't think that, I think that's going to be difficult. I wouldn't necessarily bet on them to do it. But I'd also think that they have the potential to do it if the, everything fell the right way. I mean, it's, you know, in all sports, you know, it's like styles make fights. Well, styles make matchups, and certain ones are going to be more difficult for them. Um, you know, what they you know succeed at and what they excel at is, I mean, they have a four guard lineup, and if they if you're in, if they're in transition and they're hitting transition threes, nobody's going to beat them. I mean, they are the best team in the country when it comes to that. However, if they get in the half court and then they start to struggle against a certain defense, you know, the other day was a box and one. They kind of figured it out yesterday, but just try to, you know, mess, you know, do the right things. But that's, they're going to, you know, they could struggle against a lot of different teams. So, I mean, right now, you know, they're ranked fourth in the country, which puts them in the final four, according to the rankings. I think they are, to me, you know, when they get to the Sweet 16, it just kind of depends on matchups from then on. So, I think they're definitely good enough to get to the second weekend and then to get to the final four, they're probably going to need a little bit of luck, but, uh, but I, I wouldn't bet against them. And I certainly wouldn't bet against number 22. What do you think Caitlin Clark's decision ultimately ends up being? Uh, we, we know that at the end of the season, she's going to make a choice whether to come back for that final year or to return to, or to go to the WNBA where she's uh, likely to be the number one overall pick. Um, she's going to make that call at the end of the season after everything is said and done. Uh, do you have a feeling either way of what we might 
be hearing from her coming up in a couple months, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, I always kind of skew towards somebody going to the league, whether it's the football or, or basketball, just because the opportunity is there. And, I mean, she's going to be the number one pick in the draft. So it's kind of like, okay, there, there must be a really good reason on why you would come back. Well, it is a little bit unique when you're talking about women's basketball, the WNBA and women's college basketball, because the separation level other than competition is really not as severe as big as it is in uh, the other sports. I mean, you know, the difference for like Cooper DeGene going to the NFL versus staying, I mean, money wise, he would have, you know, if he's a mid team pick, you know, he gets an $8 million signing bonus. Well, you're not going to make that in NIL at, at this level. I mean, unless you're, a quarterback and even then if that's that's not even worth it but at the WNBA you know she would make good money but not anything like that and now her NIL deals you know are kind of they're not even really NIL deals they're just deals and she could carry those to the WNBA but but what's going to be the reaction there to her how do they promote her how what you know what do her teammates and other opponents think of her um i think that will play a little bit of a role and and then there's the prominence i mean you know with she has these deals with nike with gatorade and state farm and all these other you know massive uh companies you know does she promote those companies better at a level like the University of Iowa, a major university and a major conference playing before packed houses every night in the middle of the winter where people are really watching, or would she be able to take her star and promote those companies at the WNBA? And would she be able to elevate the WNBA the way that Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan did the NBA 40 years ago? That's, those are a lot of heavy questions. I, I mean, I skew towards I think she would go, but, you know, if she stayed, it wouldn't just completely shock me either. A few more minutes with Scott Docterman from The Athletic here on 1600 ESPN. Uh, a question on the text line, actually, Scott, for you from uh, 0905. Uh, do you think Iowa is uh, the nation's darlings when it comes to uh, women's college basketball or just basketball in general? Uh, 0905 pointing out that they're a very – easy team to root for obviously we live here we cover the teams we talk about them so we hear a lot about them but in your conversations with others who work for the athletic or other media members do you get kind of the sense that iowa is maybe quote-unquote america's team and all this by chance you know that's a fair description and i think it might be accurate in this situation i mean everybody's gonna vote everybody's gonna pick their team but the way Iowa plays and, you know, the style, the up-tempo style, and just the reaction to Caitlin Clark. I mean, she is, you know, she's Taylor Swift in college sports. She is the most recognizable and popular collegiate athlete in the country. And, and I don't say that lightly because the Heisman Trophy winner generally gets that kind of description. But in her case, it's true. Um, the way that people watched Iowa in the tournament, the way people, you know, sold out every arena, uh, you know, they're, 30 out of the 32 regular season games are sold out um, or breaking attendance records at these, um, you know, arenas. It's just incredible. So the following, 
the the way people are watching the the interest level yeah i think iowa is the darling i think iowa people like iowa that way and and i guarantee that abc slash espn would love to have caitlin clark and iowa go as deep as is humanly possible in the tournament to kind of help that grow but you know then but she's also become a little bit of a villain too which isn't all that bad either i mean you have your rivalries and then you have some other aspects and I think that's uh, that's healthy as well, especially for the sport. So um, either way, all eyes are going to be on Caitlin Clark in the NCAA tournament. It would not surprise me if they get the, the best time slots when they play basketball in Iowa City and then beyond. Um, you know, so it would probably be on ABC or ESPN at you know prime time. Whatever they can get the best ratings, that's where you're going to see them. This uh, you know in the, in the tournaments. Hey, Scott, uh, don't want to ignore the Iowa men's team, but obviously more more eyes have been on the women's team and their accomplishments here uh, so far this year. Uh, Pretty important game just for the sake of trying to keep any uh, fading postseason hopes alive for the Iowa men tomorrow as Wisconsin comes to town. Uh, Do you think the the Iowa men can can reach the postseason, or how do you see the end of this uh, season playing out for, for Fran McCaffrey's bunch? It's really difficult at this point to to think that they've got much of a chance uh, you know when they they lost their first three in the big 10 then they won three and then they played purdue and that's not a good matchup there were three and four but they were facing like a seven game stretch where they were playing teams like them you know maryland twice you know they go to penn state um you know michigan on the road indiana on the road they had uh, you know minnesota a couple of times they had these stretches where if they could have won five out of seven, they could have put themselves at a position to where they might have been able to reach that that goal. But going three and four in that seven-game stretch and now facing some tougher competition towards the end of the year, it's really hard to project that they can win some of these games. I mean, if you're going to get swept by Maryland, what makes you think that they're going to be able to beat Wisconsin uh, at home, who's ranked, and then go to um, – you know Michigan State and Illinois consecutively and compete there because those two games, you know, great Iowa teams have gone to those two locations and gotten blown out. So it's really hard to project this team's going to move but uh, up the ladder. But I think, you know, what what's really important to me for tomorrow is, and I expect them to compete, but is, is to to play their best game because you do have a sold-out arena. You're playing a rival. You're playing for pride in some ways, but you want to show good, you know, show your fan base your best side when the eyes are on you. And, and if they can come out with a win against Wisconsin, provide a little bit of hope, but, but just play well and, and have a, cause they don't really have a signature win this year. So I, I think that would be the number one thing I would want to see tomorrow. And then it gives them a little bit of hope and who knows if they split at Michigan State and at Illinois, then a little bit more hope, and 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 that's what you need for the rest of the season. All right, Scott, appreciate the time. Thanks, and uh, have a great weekend. Okay. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Scott Docterman from the Athletic, joining me here on sixteen hundred ESPN, sharing his thoughts from Iowa City last night. Hawkeye women with the win over Michigan. Caitlin Clark uh, breaking the NCAA scoring record last night: three thousand five hundred sixty-nine points, surpassing Kelsey Plum. Still a couple uh, couple athletes to chase, but. Uh, uh, last night, uh, officially getting to the top of the charts here with uh, four games left. Iowa next in action Thursday, so a week off 
against Indiana and uh, Iowa men taking on Wisconsin tomorrow. We'll get into that game and the Iowa State-Texas Tech game coming up in the second hour of the show. 4.52, quick timeout, back after this on 1600 ESPN. Hi, this is Heartlanders forward Nick Campoli. Join us in a galaxy not too far away at Extreme Arena in Coralville. The Iowa Heartlanders play the division rival Indy Fuel. Friday, February 16th, in an exciting hockey battle, see you for Star Wars night. May the force be with you, and let's go Landers. ESPN Bet is now live in Iowa as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Progressive asks, what do a diehard fan watching the game at home? A poorly placed good luck candle. Don't let me down, candle. A last second improbable win. It's good! Yes! <laughs> and flammable sports-themed curtains have in common. Oh, oh, geez, whoa! They can scorch your big win high and your beloved sports memorabilia. Not my unwashed 1997 game-worn jersey! This is what three are made of! Bundle your home and auto with Progressive for great savings and round-the-clock protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states or situations. Something amazing is happening here. AI is increasing workloads on CPUs and GPUs. But this company's laptops are more than keeping pace. That's because CDW worked with them to future-proof their laptop fleet by configuring them with devices enabled with AMD Ryzen AI. Improve performance and free up resources with AMD Ryzen and CDW. Make amazing happen. Find out more at cdw.com slash AMD client. This is Chris Carlin from Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thanks for checking out Spencer on Sports on 1600 ESPN. Back from the Eakin Nutrition Studios here on 1600 ESPN. Spencer and Isaac hanging out with you till 6 tonight. Got drive time driven by Linder Tire coming up here in just a bit. We'll kick it off with a look at what you missed while you were at work. Keep you up to date on the scores for uh, baseball and softball action going on here. Uh, when it comes to college baseball, Seton Hall's tied the game up. Down in Charleston, now 1-1, top half of the third, Iowa at the plate. Sam Peterson with a home run early on. Uh, Seton Hall tying it in the bottom half of the second. Long way to go there uh, as uh, Iowa opens up their season. It's been an interesting day in college baseball. I've I've grown to love college baseball over the last uh, probably seven years or so. Uh, Just following teams, following players. Uh, Was a Northwoods League team in the city in which I used to live, and that turned me on to following guys from you know Vanderbilt and Ole Miss and you know different guys that came and played summer ball and part of the league and following that league. LSU defending champs, of course, without Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz, they were down to VMI at home, and then VMI in an inning, five hit by pitches and a walk. Now LSU has the lead. Also, Vanderbilt had to walk off Florida Atlantic today. Uh, at home in Nashville. So uh, as uh, as D1Baseball.com said, opening day, let's all overreact to something we see in one game out of however, you know, uh, many they play during a season. But uh, defending champs in a battle early, Vandy, who's, you know, one of the, the pinnacles of college baseball, struggling early on. It, it's early for everybody. Yeah, I'm really excited for the Iowa baseball team. I am too. I think yeah. it should be a really, really fun team. Uh, really good energy, at least during media day. There was really good energy from mm-hmm. everyone that I talked to. 
um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to go. Uh, I'll watch a couple of games over the weekend, a couple of the series, um, just because uh, during the summer, looking for something to do on a Saturday or a Sunday, it's not a bad option. They, they've got a, uh, a game Tuesday at right. 3.30 against yeah. Laura. It's supposed to be like 58 degrees and sunny. I'm like, ah, could, should I take, would they allow me to do the show? Take one of the from Banks Field. Down yeah, there. I'm sure they would. I'd probably have to be quiet during the innings. Like, shh, we're trying to pitch here. Don't need the guy yapping. What's going on oh, out there? Right as we say that, uh, Raider Tello scores or yeah. brings in Sam Peterson there. Peterson two for two with a double, according to our friend Kyle Huseman. So, uh, Peterson, uh, some early chatter. I know in Kyle's preview articles about him possibly having some Big Ten, all Big Ten hype around him. So, uh, he did get uh, preseason player to watch, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Peterson with a nice start. Brody Brecht on the hill. We'll keep you posted on uh, that action here coming up in the second hour of the show. We'll get to a little NBA discussion as well. The All-Star Weekend starting up uh, here this weekend uh, with the Rising Stars game tonight. The uh, the Saturday night, All-Star Saturday night with the dunk contest, skills competition, and more. And, of course, the All-Star game. We'll talk about that later on in the 5 o'clock hour. Interesting uh, p- piece from CBS Sports. I saw this. We'll probably lead the 5 o'clock hour off with this. College football offenses resulting in the lowest scoring season since 2009 last year. Is it the defenses being that good or are the offenses getting worse? And, of course, CBS had to put a picture of a certain Iowa quarterback as the lead uh, the lead photo for that article we'll discuss coming up in the second hour of the show here on 1600 ESPN 457 quick time out back with more here from the Econ Nutrition Studios on a Friday afternoon. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg and ESPN Bet is now live. The official sports book of ESPN features daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN shows and personalities like me. Bet on all your favorite sports with live in-game wagers, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. New users get $100 and bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the ESPN Bet app to sign up today. I'll see you there. ESPN Bet. What a play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Get to the live events you love with the assist from Vivid Seats. Whether it's the upcoming baseball season, basketball, or hockey, experience it live with a 100% buyer guarantee. And with great deals on great seats, being there is all that matters. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can earn with every ticket purchase, including surprise seat upgrades, birthday discounts, free tickets, and more. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done ebay motors is here for the ride go ahead feel your engine admire that perfectly installed exhaust your vehicle's moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love with ebay motors you get over 122 million parts to keep it running and with ebay guaranteed fit they'll be the perfect fit every time plus at these prices well we're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
KGYM Cedar Rapids. From the Eakin Nutrition Studios, Eakin Nutrition, look good naked. This is 1600 ESPN. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. Tiger Woods withdraws from the Genesis Invitational today with an illness after hitting his tee shot on the seventh hole. He was two over for the tournament, which he hosts. Woods had back spasms during the first round on Thursday. Patrick Cantley holds the lead right now at 11 under. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo gets a two-game suspension for violating the league's PED policy. Garoppolo will not appeal. The Raiders are expected to release him within the next few weeks. The Bears hold the number one pick in the NFL draft. USC quarterback Caleb Williams is thought by many to be the best prospect. ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum knows what he would do. I'm telling Caleb Williams, like, your your cell phone's 312. Like, you could get an apartment right now, and you're a bear. Like, Caleb, you're you're moving here. So, like, I'm not if, if Washington calls me, I'm not even taking the call. Mike Tannenbaum on Greeny. The Padres plan to move shortstop Xander Bogarts from shortstop to second base. That would allow gold glover Hassong Kim to take over at short. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Commercial Insurance. It flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Radio Iowa. I'm Dar Danielson. It might seem unlikely after the snowfall and colder weather we're getting today. But state climatologist Justin Glisson says, I was on pace for the warmest February on record. As of today, we're about 17 degrees above average for February. Glisson says the colder temperatures today and tomorrow will have some impact, but temperatures are expected to warm back up once again and through the end of the month. Iowa Congressman Zach Nunn is sponsoring legislation to update a federal program that provides capital to banks, credit unions, and savings and loans serving rural areas or low-income customers. There are nine certified community development financial institutions in Iowa. For every $1 million that they receive in FD or CDFI grant funding, they're able to lend $20 million. So talk about a return on investment. Nunn, a Republican from Montaran, represents Iowa's third congressional district. A bill establishing a state permit for school staff who want to carry weapons in school buildings is passed out of a House committee. It also grants qualified immunity to school districts that allow staff to carry guns. Radio Iowa, I'm Dar Danielson. Stop in at Fleet Farm for one of the biggest selections of Milwaukee tools around. Milwaukee's raised the bar on heavy-duty performance, and we've got over 1,100 Milwaukee tools and accessories to help you crush that to-do list. Like the M18 Cordless Two-Tool Combo Kit, 400 pounds of torque, packed into just four pounds of compact drill driver, plus two batteries. Shop all the top brands we carry to help you power through everyday life at Fleet Farm. Are you having a hard time finding ag podcasts? We can help. The podcast directory at agriamerica.com allows you to search by category and topic so it's quick and easy to find what you're looking for. Ag Chicks, Farm for Profit, Heart of Rural America, The Shark Farmer Podcast, Real Ag Radio, and more are featured on Agri-America. Our extensive directory has something for everyone. Discover a new ag podcast today by visiting agriamerica.com. That's agriamerica.com. 
Imagine building a $5,000 man cave at your house. Well, 1600 ESPN is giving you the opportunity to do just that. Listen daily now through February 27th for the winning sports word at 7.30 and 11.30 a.m. and 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. When you hear it, enter it at kgymradio.com for a shot at the five grand. You can enter this national contest multiple times. We want you to win. One local listener is guaranteed to win 500 bucks. Listen to 1600 ESPN daily through February 27th for a shot at five grand for your man cave and make others jealous hands at 10 and 2 eyes on the road and ears on the radio you're listening to spencer on sports on 1600 espn 504 happy weekend officially made it to quitting time on a friday thanks for hanging out here as we take you up till six with spencer on sports from the eakin nutrition studios here on the southwest side of cedar rapids it is drive time driven by linder tire Three locations for your convenience, Iowa City, North Liberty, and Grinnell. Find out more at lendertire.com. Got a link to that and their Facebook page on our website, kgymradio.com. Keep the link to our site handy because coming up in about 25 minutes or so, I'll be giving you one final opportunity here for the week to enter in our $5,000 Man Cave giveaway, giving you a shot at $500 for a uh, local winner, the 5000 for your man cave is part of a, a national contest. We'd certainly love for you to be the winner of the $5,000 prize. So we're giving you four opportunities daily to enter our winning sports word into uh, the form at kgymradio.com. And your final chance this week coming up at 530 here on 1600 ESPN. Got the weekend sports menu uh, coming up here in just a bit. We'll talk a little bit more college basketball uh, in about 15 minutes. Take a look at the rest of the in-state action and some Big Ten and Big 12 uh, action for the weekend as well uh, here in just a bit. Before we do all of that, let's uh, start off the hour with this. The sports world was just as busy as you were today. Here's what you missed while you were at work. Have you heard the news? On 1600 ESPN. I know, I talk about the Iowa, a lot of talk about the Iowa women's basketball team uh, today after the historic night for Caitlin Clark uh, last night inside Carver-Hawkeye Arena. But we continue to look ahead to next season. Uh, we had the news uh, yesterday or the day before about the Women's Champions Classic uh, where uh, Iowa, UConn, Tennessee, and Louisville, Isaac had that story as well, are going to be taking part in uh, the, the Women's Championship Classic. So getting all these teams uh, uh, together, these uh, big-name teams, recognizable brands in women's college basketball for that event. Another uh, game coming up here uh, this uh, fall, November 16th, the Iowa women are set to play a game against the Kansas Jayhawks at the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They'll announce, of course, the tip-off and TV uh, designation at a later date. But uh, Kansas and Iowa are going to do battle November 16th, 2024. The Hawkeye men have played there before. They had the game against Gonzaga, wasn't it, a couple years ago, and then played Utah State there, I think, the following season. Uh, So they've been out there to uh, Sioux Falls. So great, great arena, uh, nice, nice place to play a game. They have showcased games there, I think, a couple times a season. And the Iowa women will be part of that coming up in November. Uh, speaking of records, a lot of attention on Caitlin Clark's record from last night, obviously. But how about this? Lauren Taylor, uh, she is a senior uh, from Francis Marion. She set the NCAA record last night for all the visions with 44 rebounds in a game. 44 rebounds in an 85-62 win 
over North Greenville last night. She pulled down 30 defensive boards and 14 offensive boards uh, in the D2 game for the most ever in an NCAA contest. Uh, Taylor, with that record, surpassing the D2 mark of 36, which was set by Christine Desain of West Virginia Tech back in 1995. The old NCAA mark was 40, set by Deborah Temple of Delta State. That happened all the way back in 1983. 44 rebounds. That's incredible. 5'11 senior, 30 defensive boards and 14 on the offensive glass. That's incredible stuff. Last night, uh, out of uh, Francis Marion, Lauren Taylor, a name that will probably get you know overshadowed by Caitlin Clark, considering it's uh, uh, you know D1 versus D2, but still an impressive feat nonetheless. Uh, looking at baseball real quick, Iowa baseball team up two to one on Seton Hall. That game in the top half of the fourth. Iowa softball playing a twin build today. They lost their opener to Southern Illinois. Saluki's winning 4-1 to in Game 1. And uh, the second game underway, Hawkeyes with a 2-0 lead over Liberty in softball action. Those games down in Florida. And the Iowa State softball team in action as well. Cyclones taking on UC Santa Barbara uh, out in Vegas. Iowa State with a 3-1 to lead on UCSB. That game last update was in the seventh inning. So there you go. Quick update on what's going on on the baseball and softball diamonds here for a Friday afternoon. That's uh, what you missed while you were at work here on 1600 ESPN. This is Spencer on sports on 1600 ESPN. Five oh nine, back with you here on sixteen hundred ESPN. Three one nine three six six sixteen hundred is the talk and text line if you want to weigh in on. Anything going on in the sports world, we'd love to hear from you on the talking text line. Spent pretty much the entire first hour talking Caitlin Clark and Iowa women's basketball. Uh, so we'll move on to a little college football and some more college hoops coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, I teased this before top of the hour. This is uh, kind of an interesting statistical dive from Dennis Dodd at CBS Sports. Offenses in college football, they continued to climb and continued declining in key categories last year and ended up being the lowest scoring season since 2009. And when you talk low scoring, of course, people are going to take shots at Iowa football and, you know, rightfully so they, they were not good on offense. No one is denying that. No one is trying to whitewash how bad the Iowa offense was. So it should surprise absolutely no one that the cover athlete, the cover photo for this story on CBSSports.com is none other than, Deacon Hill, uh, but kind of an interesting dive into the stats from Dennis Dodd, uh, pointing out that not only was scoring down across college football at the FBS level, it's actually down for the third consecutive year, uh, and that's never happened since the NCAA started tracking stats back in 1937. Uh, some of the points Dodd makes: average scoring was down to 27.78 points per team. That's the lowest since 2009. Total offense was down for the fifth consecutive year. That was uh, 385.7 yards. That's the lowest since 2010. And some other metrics that were down, average yards passing, 229.55, the lowest since 2010. Average yards rushing, 156.15, which is the lowest since 2009. And average touchdowns per game 
3.47, the lowest since 2008. So those are all on average. Obviously, you have teams like LSU and Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner, is quoted in this piece from Dennis Dodd saying, boy, that's surprising because we were putting up points left and right. But overall, in college football, scoring was down. Does it mean that offenses are terrible and everybody is just bad and defenses are really, really good? Obviously, there's multiple factors that come into it, but kind of interesting to see that in college football, things are, things were trending downward and have for three straight years. Yeah, it's interesting that it's three straight years. I wonder how many, uh, much the rule changes came into effect there mm-hmm. with the clock, what, basically with the NCAA trying to shorten games a little bit. Yeah. Um, but since it's three straight years, it's more of a trend than just a one-off new rules right. sort of thing. Yeah, Dennis Dodd points to the new first down rule right. uh, yeah, where that, the clock yeah. keeps rolling. Um, that eliminated a handful of plays from the game, so you have one less play to add yards, score a touchdown, you know, do whatever uh, to, to get your numbers up. Uh, he points out um, that elite defensive linemen have become yeah. more important because offensive linemen are losing the battle in the trenches. So you have to have you, – you, you, it's a counterforce, right? You have the offensive line, and you need to have a stout defensive line. And uh, you've seen, and using Iowa football as an example, the offensive line struggle over the last handful of seasons and the defensive lines getting a little bit more strength up front and – Uh, Adding into that conversation, too, uh, Dodd points out that defenses are simply doing their job better. They're getting smarter. They're getting more varied. They're using more kind of, you know, packages to to twist things and, uh, you know, to make life harder for the offense. And if the defense is doing their job, you got to give them credit, right? It's not all, oh, these offenses are terrible. It's, well, the defenses are, are playing better, too. And Again, using Iowa football as an example, their their defense was pretty darn good, one of the best in the nation. You know, Iowa State's defense was was pretty solid too, uh, save for the bowl game, obviously against a, a good Memphis team on offense. But uh, kind of an interesting trend because it's been happening for three years now. This is kind of just how football goes every now and then, though. Like they go through these spurts where it seems like offenses are unstoppable, and then the defense figures out how to scheme around that, and the offense has to kind of refigure out how to scheme around the new defensive schemes and stuff like that. So I think it's probably just part of that trend where the defense is figuring out the offense right now. The offense will figure out the defense. We'll see some, I think we'll see mm-hmm. some offensive explosion at some point, And then we'll see the defense take back over. It's just kind of, I don't know. That's kind of how football always works. I feel like. Yeah. Chip Kelly was interviewed for the article from Dennis Dodd. And he said the same thing. Foot- he said, quote, because I think football is cyclical. That's the beauty of the game. It's not always going to be one way. You're not always going to have, you know, great, great offenses like, you know, I'm thinking of 2019 LSU popped in my head with Joe with Joe Burrow. Actually, it's 2020 LSU going into the national championship game. You're not always going to have, you know, teams like that uh, with all these great talent. You're going to have some ebbs and flows. You're going to have teams that are maybe a little bit mediocre on this side, but have a really stout defense. You can look at the chiefs. I mean, yeah. look how, they've, yeah, developed, exactly. how yep. they've developed from an offensive juggernaut to now they're, I don't want to say a defensive minded team, but that was the strength of the team this year was their defense. Absolutely. Three, one, nine, three, six, six, 1600. Some other interesting stuff. This, this is not just about the offensive stats uh, from Dennis Dodd. Uh, when it comes to travel uh, road trips, uh, teams that are most impacted by increased football travel with the new conference realignments. You have all the Pac-12 schools 
you know, splitting up. You have the four coming to the Big Ten. You have uh, the Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado going to the Big 12, which isn't that bad, right? Because they're roughly in the same kind of geological or geographical, not geological, geology is like rocks and stuff, geographical uh, footprint as the Big 12 was, save for like West Virginia and UCF. And you could make the argument maybe Iowa State's kind of an outlier, but they're part of the Big 12 already. It's not kind of a forced relationship, excuse me, like like UCF feels like with with football and stuff. But uh, you have, of course, Stanford and Cal, and SMU now being in the ACC, which forever will never make sense. Uh, but CBS did the numbers on schools most impacted by the increased uh, football travel. Uh, and number one was UCLA, 22,275 miles they will have to travel uh, in total coming up this uh this football season when they joined the Big Ten, uh, 89.4% of the way around the world, <laughs> according to that math. Uh, they have non-conference round trips to Hawaii and LSU, which obviously bump up the, you know, Hawaii. Yes, they're in California, but it's still a long trip out to Hawaii. Uh, the Bruins also have to go to Nebraska, Penn State, Rutgers, and Washington. UCLA to Rutgers. Man. I, I nobody feels bad for UCLA, but welcome to the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the mileage total for UCLA, according to Dennis Dodd, five times more than their 2022 schedule. Also works out to be an average road trip from Los Angeles to Montgomery, Alabama. That's yeah, that's bonkers. California again. Cal's in the ACC next year. Cal will have to travel twenty thousand eight hundred eighty-six miles. There are four trips of at least 4,200 miles from the Bay Area and back. That includes games at Wake Forest, at Pitt, at Florida State, and at Auburn. What? Why are we doing this? <laughs> who, who decided, well, we're doing this because of money and power, right? That's that's the, the, the long and short of it. But did anyone ask for Cal at Pitt football? Did, I mean, that just seems like a bad ACC... Pac-12 bowl game that nobody asked for. Do we need this game to happen, especially a regular season game? I'm not. If there's any Cal or Pitt fans that listen to the show, I'm not trying to, you know, dump on your team. But I mean, when I think of good football, I'm not thinking of Cal and Pitt, especially not a regular season game. I just can't imagine being a student and having to deal with all that travel. Yeah. I don't this, is, this is football. This isn't like baseball. Right, this isn't yeah. track and field. This isn't, you know, the Olympic sports as they are termed. Mm-hmm. This is for football. And we're making these. It still these... feels like I'd be so overwhelmed. Even football, yeah. who gets treated like kings, and deservedly so based on the revenue and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But even as a football student athlete, I got to imagine it's incredibly overwhelming to have to travel that much and focus on football and make sure your academics are all up. I don't know. I couldn't handle it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't either. Stanford's got to travel 17,938 miles. Their shortest trip is the 40 miles to Berkeley that they get to play uh, Cal for a conference game in the ACC. Stanford's got to go to Syracuse, NC State, and Clemson. Stanford and Clemson? <laughs> what are we doing here? No one asked for that matchup either. Washington, of course, uh, 16,790 miles. USC's got to travel 13,356 miles, including a trip to Maryland, 
Michigan and Minnesota. Uh, Oregon's got to travel 12,560 miles, uh, including trips to Michigan and Purdue. And Miami, Miami alone, Miami has to travel. They have one long trip, and that boosts up their travel. They have to go one way, 2,868 miles to play Cal on October 5th. Miami to Berkeley. Hmm. I, I Again, maybe someday it'll feel normal, but right now it just, just reading those figures, it just, it does not, it still makes me question what, what's the point? I still hope Why? some of this sort of self-corrects in a couple of years. Maybe I'm hoping in a couple of years, commissioners will be like, man, maybe having people go travel this much is a bad idea and we shouldn't do that. I'm hoping, praying, but... I that would, I don't know I doubt it. That would require uh, adults, people to be adults, people to not um, have dollar signs in their right. eyes when yeah. talking and uh, desire a giant pile of money to dive in like Scrooge McDuck. So that that's that we need someone who does who doesn't think those things, doesn't believe those things, to be in charge. And right now, doesn't feel like anybody. Is in charge. 319-366-1600-521. Let's shift back to basketball. I thought that was kind of an interesting the the you know me, I'm a stat nerd. Uh the offense is being down is one thing, but the travel. I didn't plan on discussing all of that, but that was certainly uh certainly an eye-opening discussion there here on sixteen hundred ESPN. Back to basketball, looking at in-state action. Uh tomorrow we asked Scott Dockerman briefly when he joined me in the four o'clock hour about the Iowa-Wisconsin contest coming up tomorrow. It, it's sold out, and I agree with what Scott said. You need to, you want to have a good showing in front of your fans, and it, I, I'm curious how much of the sold-out crowd is going to be maybe some Wisconsin fans who are taking advantage. But I think it's it's a it's a golden opportunity for Iowa fans to to see uh, you know their team play inside Carver Hawkeye Arena uh, on BTN. Uh, one of only three home games left, so an opportunity to go see the team play, regardless of what the record might uh, be or might not be uh, here uh, going down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, you got through that very manageable part of the schedule with only three wins to show for it, some losses that you wish you could have back, especially those two against Maryland, uh, the game against Indiana where you had the lead late and, Unable to finish that one off, and the same thing with Penn State. So, again, kind of the same problems popping up left and right here with this Iowa men's team, but uh, getting ready to face off against a Wisconsin team that you know broke that four-game losing streak. So, uh, you know they're they're kind of back on the right track, but have not been necessarily playing the strongest of basketball here over the last few weeks. Uh, had that four-game losing streak with the loss at Nebraska. Played Purdue, which is tough to, you know, say it's a it's a bad loss because they're the number two team in the country and they're playing really good ball right now. Uh, but then the two losses at Michigan and at Rutgers give you a little bit of pause, uh, considering I at least I consider Wisconsin to be better than those better than those teams. Uh, but got off uh, got off uh, that losing streak with the the win against Ohio State, which was the last for Chris Holtman, the last game for Chris Holtman. Uh, at Columbus as the head coach of the uh, as of the uh, Buckeyes men's basketball team, uh, I think again any faint postseason hopes that are left for for Iowa, any NIT hopes rely on you finding ways to win 
some of these tough games. I, I think it's a tall order to even make the NIT at this point. The NCAA tournament is, is out of the question. I'm not even going to entertain that thought, barring some sort of run here, uh, you know, in the regular season and then into the Big Ten tournament. Winning the Big Ten tournament, obviously, would be a prerequisite of uh, of getting any possible look at even a spot in Dayton. But you got three opportunities left at home. You've certainly you, – you, you like playing at home. You play better at home than you do on the road, and I think you gotta, you gotta. It's as simple as you gotta find a way to to pull this one out against against Wisconsin tomorrow. Yeah, against Wisconsin, and then I have a question for you. I guess yes. I'd love to get your sort of perspective on it. How many losses do you think they can afford the rest of the season? Because they've only got like five games or so left. Fourteen and eleven. They're six and eight in conference play. They have six uh, games left. Apologies, yeah. Yep, six games left. Uh, well, you got to be at least above 500. You have to string together at least yeah. three I wins there and then probably hope you get another one. You got to you gotta find a way to win your three home games left. Penn State, and none of them are, no, nothing's easy. But, I mean, you, you, you squandered so many opportunities at home so far this year uh, to Michigan, to Maryland. Uh, you know, you, you got to find a, you got to find a way to upset Wisconsin tomorrow, upset Illinois on the tenth, and then beat Penn State, which you should you should probably be favored in that one, you know, because that's the you know non-ranked team coming to your your place. So you got to find a way to win at least two of the three and the and the two of the three home games you know left. I think. You got to find a way to beat Wisconsin and Illinois to really solidify any any you know shot at a postseason. But I think it's kind of a tall order. Wisconsin feels gettable right now, just considering how they they lost you know four in a row, then then beat a not so great Ohio State team at home. Is it impossible to beat Wisconsin? No, but I think Wisconsin's just simply a better team than Iowa at this point, and that's just that's the the long and short of it at at this point for this for this Iowa men's basketball team here's a little bit from Fran McCaffrey talking about uh, their previous contest against the Badgers remember they were tight Wisconsin pulled away in that one back in early January up in Madison here's what Fran had to say earlier today about that game uh, and uh, what they can take away from that contest going into tomorrow's game you know we had uh, we had our chances you know we were up in the first half we had we had a couple bad possessions and they hit some shots you know, every possession is critical when you play them. And that's one thing you have to remember. And another thing they have to remember is how to rebound, according to Frank. We, we have not been rebounding well. Uh, and, and I think a lot of times people think, well, that, that, you know, I'm calling out my, my four and five man. And that's not the case. You know, if you're going to be a good rebounding team, it's five guys. Whoever those five guys are, sometimes your point guard is your best rebounder on those missed threes. Uh, and... When that happens, obviously it triggers your break. So our guards have to rebound, our wings have to rebound, and our posts have to rebound, and our subs have to rebound. And a little bit from Fran here talking about the sellout tomorrow for sellout of the year for the Iowa men. And our crowds have, you know, we haven't had a sellout, but they've been they've been good. I mean, they, they've been loud and very instrumental. Uh, you know, I think back to the Nebraska game. I mean, it was a snowstorm and. And they, they impacted that game. So, you know, we appreciate the people who come and 
and looking forward to having a sellout. One fifteen tomorrow on BTN for the Badgers and the Hawkeyes from Carver Hawkeye Arena. Uh, earlier than that, 11 a.m. on ESPN Plus, the Iowa State men getting set to take on Texas Tech. Uh, tomorrow in Big 12 play. Uh, important game coming up Monday. Obviously, if you're Iowa State, don't want to be looking too far ahead to your rematch with Houston, but Cyclones and Cougars tied up uh, at the top of the Big 12 going into that Monday showdown. Texas Tech just a game back at 7-4 and four, uh, in league play. So you know the Red Raiders certainly going to be uh, up for the challenge tomorrow coming into Ames where Iowa State has uh, yet to lose this year. They're 14-0 at home. Here's uh, T.J. Otzelberger talking a little bit about the Red Raiders uh, for tomorrow's matchup. He's had success everywhere he's been. Um, doesn't matter if it was Midland, you know, college, Division Two, assistant at Baylor, North Texas, um, you know, now at, at Tech. So he's a really good coach. Uh, he's got a great plan. He's an extremely hard worker, high character guy. And he's put his plan in place right away. And uh, his guys have bought into that. That's odds talking about Grant McCaslin, the head coach at Texas Tech. Here's a little bit more on those Red Raiders. They beat Kansas by 29 points at home earlier this week. Uh, so they are coming into uh, Hilton tomorrow with uh, a pretty good deal of confidence. So I think he's done a really good job at getting guys to play to their strengths, uh, buying into a system and style of play, playing for one another. And, you know, as we saw earlier this week, they've got a lot of confidence. They're playing at a really high level right now. So uh, we're going to need to be at our best come Saturday. Coverage here on 1600 ESPN will start at 10 o'clock, bright and early tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. The tip, John Walters and Eric Heft will be uh, with you on the radio waves here in eastern Iowa. John and Eric will have the call Monday. In case you missed it, the tip time Monday for Iowa State Houston has moved back to 8. It was supposed to be 6, but ESPN moved it up to their uh, from ESPNU to regular ESPN as part of the big Monday lineup. So uh, a little bit later, 7 p.m. on Monday, 8 p.m., uh, for the tip time for Iowa State and Houston on Monday, but Texas Tech is up first here this weekend. 529, let's uh, do this. We'll send it back over to Isaac. He's got a local update for you. Come back, take a look at uh, a little bit more from the weekend and uh, get you set for, uh, well, tonight and uh, the sports weekend with our sports menu in just a bit, too. With your local sports update on 1600 ESPN, I'm Isaac Elzinga. The Iowa women's basketball team beat Michigan 106-89 inside Carver Hawkeye Arena last night. Caitlin Clark put up 49 points and 13 assists in the win. Kate Martin added 20 points while Hannah Stolke added 13. The University of Iowa women's basketball team will play in the Women's Champions Classic on December 7, 2024 in Brooklyn, New York inside the Barclays Center. The primetime doubleheader is set to feature the University of Iowa, the UConn, the University of Tennessee, and Louisville University. The Iowa baseball team has its season opener today against Seton Hall. That game started at 4, and the current score is 5-1, Iowa winning in the at the end of the 4th there. The Iowa men's basketball team will be back in action inside Carver tomorrow with a game against Wisconsin. That game is set for a 1-15 tip-off. The Iowa State women's basketball team has its second straight top 10 opponent tomorrow with an away game against number 5 Texas. That game starts at 3 and you can watch it on ESPN2. The 10th ranked Iowa State men's basketball team has a home game against Texas Tech tomorrow inside Hilton Coliseum. You can listen to that game right here on 1600 ESPN with pregame starting at 10, tip off at 11. 
This weekend on 1600 ESPN, we'll have coverage of the All-Star Weekend and some hockey. Check our live sports schedule on our website, kgymradio.com, for start times. That's your local sports update. I'm Isaac Elzinga for 1600 ESPN. Thanks, Isaac. Kyle on the text line uh, reminding us about Joe Toussaint, former Iowa Hawkeye, former West Virginia Mountaineer. He's uh, found a home with uh, Grant McCasland at Texas Tech, so he'll be making his way to Ames. He's How many times has he played in Ames? He's played, played there as a Hawkeye, played there as a Mountaineer, and now played there uh, as a Texas Tech Red Raider. But yeah, Joe Toussaint, a recognizable name on that roster for Texas Tech going into that matchup. It is 532. I am two minutes past the time. I'm supposed to give you the winning sports word of the day in our $5,000 uh, man cave giveaway. It continues right now. Again, one local listener will be winning $500. One of you listening to my voice or listening to the Todd Brownwell Camp Show or the gym class will get 500 bucks. We're hoping one of you is the grand prize winner out of the national pool for 5000 bucks to spruce up your living room, your den. I understand those two terms are interchangeable. Your, your basement, I don't know, whatever you want to use the money for. Uh, it is the $5,000 Man Cave giveaway. It continues right now here on 1600 ESPN. Listen for the winning sports word four times daily, 7.30 and 11.30 in the morning, and then 3.30 and 5.30 in the afternoon. Enter it on the website, kgymradio.com, and uh, you are in the pool for a shot at 500 bucks and the 5K as part of the national giveaway. Today's word, speaking of Iowa State, Cardinal. C-A-R-D-I-N-A-L, Cardinal. Enter that word now, kgymradio.com, and uh, you will be entered for that $5,000 giveaway here from 1600 ESPN. A brand new word, a brand new week of the giveaway starts Monday with Todd Brommelkamp at 730 here on 1600 ESPN. 533, back with more after this. Eastern Iowa weather from 1600 ESPN. I'm Kaysen Ferks with a check for your forecast. We'll continue to see gradually clearing skies throughout tonight with some chilly temperatures. Overnight lows will fall back into the low to mid-teens. It will be breezy though with northwest winds gusting as high as 30 miles per hour. That could lead to wind chill values below zero. Mostly sunny skies throughout the day on Saturday. It will continue to stay breezy with an afternoon high into the lower 30s. We will be warming though by Sunday under a sunny sky. We'll see temperatures in the 40s. And that was a check for your Iowa's News Now weather first forecast. There's a reason Hertine & Stocker Jewelers annual sale is famous. The savings are incredible, and it only happens once a year. The sale is Saturday and Monday only. And here's the kind of famous savings you'll get. Colored stone jewelry is up to 60% off, including a huge selection of colored stone rings. Natural diamond engagement rings up to 40% off. And enjoy an additional 15% off all gold estate pieces, which are already priced to sell. You can see why these savings are only offered once a year. With an event this famous, shoppers are excited, and you don't want to miss out. So make sure you're at the famous annual sale, happening from 10 to 5 Saturday and Monday, only at Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, corner of Dubuque and Washington in downtown Iowa City. While you're saving, say hi to Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of them is always there. Emil's Hideaway is the place to get together. Stop in for a drink and some chow with your buddies. Emil's opens every day at 4. If you're hanging out at home instead, order pickup and delivery at emilshideaway.com. Emil's Hideaway, a great place to meet up with friends.
Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. Hey, uh, can you save him a spot in the Carver Cone line? What a great and delicious idea. You're listening to Spencer on Sports on 1600 ESPN. Ah, the food ones always play when I'm really, really hungry. Why? The computer, is like, the computer likes to troll me. I've decided. Spencer on Sports back the here from the 1600 ESPN, the Eakin Nutrition Studios on 1600 ESPN. 319-366-1600. About 25 minutes left in our week here on 1600 ESPN. Give you a preview of what's coming up Monday uh, in just a little bit. Sports menu on the way in eh, about 10 minutes or so. 319-366-1600. Gave you the winning sports word moments ago. Uh, get into maybe a little NBA discussion in just a bit on the menu as part of uh, All-Star Weekend. Got the uh, the Rising Stars game tonight, 8 o'clock broadcast time with that. Keegan Murray is involved. Uh, some of the younger stars of the game are involved. That's why they call it, uh, spoiler alert, this is Spence. Ha, new segment idea. Here's me doing Spencer does show prep on 1600 ESPN. Spencer states the obvious. Some of you might say that might be the entire show. For two hours here on 1600 ESPN. Rising Stars, the NBA Friday Night Showcase, is because there are first and second year players taking part in the Rising Stars Challenge. I don't know if you knew that, Isaac. It's, it's, it's pretty. No, that's a. But that now seems very accurately named. That, yes. that, that did a good job of naming that. They did. It, well, it, truly, though, I mean, I was watching an interview with Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, the other day he did a piece for NBA because the All-Star Game is in Indy uh, this year. And, of course, he's taken he, – he had a good start to the season, then, then got hurt, had that hamstring injury. He's missed quite a bit of time. He's been on a, a minutes restriction over the last several weeks. So he hasn't been quite at the level he was when they got to the in-season tournament championship uh, against, uh, against the Lakers. But uh, being in Indy and him being a young star of the game, he was talking about – kind of how we have this this changing of the guard right in the NBA right now. I, th- I think you'd agree with that where we have you know, the, 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 the old guard still there, the LeBrons, the Stephs, the you know James Hardens and such uh, in the NBA right now. Uh, but then you have the uh, you know the younger players coming in. You've got guys that you know have plenty of potential for the uh, for the uh, the games uh, for these teams, like Paulo Boncaro, Chet Holmgren, who's uh, gotten off to a good start in here in his, his first full season. Uh, so it truly is the changing of the guard uh, here uh, with uh, with the NBA. Some of the, the older guys see their careers starting to wind down, but you have younger guys stepping in uh, and taking 
their spot. Oh, boy, Josh and Ely is on the phone line. I wonder how this is going to go. I, 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 there's no bad blood between Josh and I. Josh, what's up? Hey, Spencer, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, just when thinking about the NBA All-Star game, I think, you know, it's, I don't want to say obviously because there's, it's, it's subjective, but to me it's the best uh, All-Star game out there for a couple reasons. Just because, you know, it's mid-season, there's all the other spectacles that they've, they've added to it. You know, hockey's been pretty good lately too, but um, just kind of thinking about, you know, the veteran teams like, uh, you know, the Bucks of the world, the, the Nuggets of the world, you know, teams like that, teams that have a shot, 76ers, the Celtics, whatever. Um, I kind of love the fact that they give these guys like an eight or nine day break. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the final 25 game push. And I think it just makes this back half of the season that much better. Um, I don't know. I, it's just it's perfect in my eyes. I, you know, we we get fancy with trying to change everything nowadays. This is one thing that just kind of needs to stay the same. Maybe eliminate the dunk contest. That'd be my only ask. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> yeah. I don't disagree with you. The dunk contest, I think, has has lost kind of its luster. But yeah, I agree with you, Josh. Thanks for thanks for the call. Uh, have a great weekend, Josh Neely on the phone line at three one nine three six six sixteen hundred. I, I agree with him. The only thing I disagree with is him saying the Bucks have a shot because right now they, they absolutely they're playing like they're playing like the they're not playing. I almost said they're playing like the Pistons. They're not playing. They're not playing that poorly, but they're they're mid right now. They're not playing well. Uh, Doc Rivers yesterday said we had uh, ha- some of our guys were here. Some of them were in Cabo. And it certainly looked like that because they lost the freaking Grizzlies who were without. Ja, Desmond Bain, wasn't Jaron Jackson out? I mean, it's like, what are we doing here? I think ESPN said they had like five get guys on 10-day yeah. contracts or something like that. Which is I mean, good good for them. Hey, yeah. you know, but I things are not things are not going well up in Milwaukee. So that's the one thing I would disagree with Josh on, that they have a shot, at least right now. But who knows what happens in April and May and June and whatever. But um I, I agree with him. Like I think the break is good for teams that are, you know. You got all these vets, you know, they, they get some time away, get some time to get right, get some time to deal with with personal stuff, whatever that might be. And give them that time off. It's not just, you know, you have one, you know, you have the all-star game and then it's back to playing on Monday. Like some some leagues might do. It's you get really a full week off to reset. And I think in a season where there's so many back-to-backs, right, I feel like everybody has a back-to-back, every, like like twice a week. And I just don't understand, you know, I, I get it. They're pro athletes. They're paid to play the game. So they're going to do what they're told largely, but you, you, you need to make it player friendly. Right. And yeah. I think this is, this is a, a step toward that. Yeah. You can see what it did for the Lakers last year where yeah. their first half of the season was not good. I I don't even think they were in the play in picture, if I recall correctly. And then the second nope. half of the season I, I, obviously, they didn't explode or anything. They made it up to the seventh seed, but they found a lot of chemistry. Uh, Reeves kind of came into his own during that portion, um, and that's kind of that second half is what propelled them to being in the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, got swept by the Nuggets, so still you know pretty mm-hmm. big gap there. Yeah. Not like they're contender contenders quite yet, but you know you can see when there's those teams that are older, like Josh said, um, you know this time really does mean a lot to hitting your stride and getting gelled together.
Do Do you agree with what I was saying before Josh called about like the the old guard? Oh yeah, stepping. I mean, because you have guys like Tyrese Halliburton, you have guys like uh, I'm trying to Lamelo Ball to an extent. I mean, Charlotte's Charlotte's awful aside from Lamelo Ball and and Brandon Miller uh, largely, but you have those kind of from rookies from 2020 to Shea, the present. Shea Gilgis, yeah, is someone who's that are. Really, yeah that are taken over, right? And then you have guys like Steph and and LeBron and Anthony Davis that are still playing well, but you can clearly tell that it's we're, we're one one set the old the old guard, the older, the veteran guys are going this way and only Isaac can see the hand motions I'm doing, but it's like a graph going down, right? For for one set of players. And then for other guys like Paulo and, you know, uh, Jalen Williams of the Thunder, and you make an argument for, well, Wemby's still pretty raw, but, you know, you could... You can you can see the flashes yeah, at least. Exactly. There, yeah. And, you know, the Scoots of the world, Scoot Hendersons of the world, and even Keegan Murray, uh, Chris Murray, you hope to see more minutes from him. He hasn't got a ton in his rookie year over there in Portland, but you kind of have the younger graph going up, and soon the older graph will be below the younger graph. And I think... That's absolutely what's happening, and it, it's fun to watch. I mean, it stinks because I, I like – Steph Curry's been one of my favorite players for a while now. You know, I, I love watching Steph play. Uh, you know, I like watching LeBron play. I mean, he's not my favorite player in the world, but you, you have to respect the greatness that is LeBron, AD, all these guys. Eventually, they're going to be out of the league, and we're starting to see kind of that, I think, transition point here in, in 2024. Yeah, I'm really interested to see who – the face of the league is going to be because for a while it was just kind of LeBron and Steph and that's all you needed. And now you have a lot of guys, I think in the league who can contend to be like the face of the league. I think you can look at, you know, what's going on in Boston with the Celtics. You can say Jason Tatum, something like that. You can say something like Giannis, mm-hmm. Jokic. I'm just really interested to see what the next step the NBA takes, you know, it's just, make sure there's not a significant drop-off when LeBron does retire or when Steph does retire or when it's clear they're, like, way past their prime. Now, yeah. Steph's, I think Steph's going to age very, very well um, just because shooting is – I don't know. You just age a little bit better when you're a shooter sure. than yeah. uh, a hyper-athletic person. But eventually it is going to catch up to him. Um, and so I'm, I'm very interested to see how the NBA handles that because LeBron especially – he I mean, he, I don't want to say he carried the league on his back, but – you can see there's a reason he's talked about on every show so much. Mm-hmm. It's because he is so popular worldwide. And he has this appeal um, that no one else really had in the league. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the NBA responds and how they handle that. We've got the rising stars challenge tonight uh, coming up here. Eight o'clock for that. The NBA all-star Saturday night. Yes, it is on the radio. It might play a little bit better on TV, but ESPN radio has it. We've got it for you tomorrow night at seven. And then the all-star game coverage starts at six here on 1600 ESPN. 546. We'll take a quick timeout. Sports venue next here on 1600 ESPN. Hey, remember when we were having conversations without words like inflation, recession? <sighs> yeah, I miss those days too. So at Quickstar, we're feeling a bit nostalgic. So we've lowered the prices on all our take-home meals. Every day, not on second Tuesdays or every Good Friday. Every day, make your next meal a trip down savings lane with chicken, bacon, mac, and cheese, just $4.99. Or spaghetti and meatballs, $5.99. Quickstar, we got mealtime savings nostalgia covered. Hi, this is Heartlanders forward Nick Campoli. Join us in a galaxy not too far away at Extreme Arena in Coralville. The Iowa Heartlanders play the division rival Indy Fuel. Friday, February 16th, in an exciting hockey battle, see you for Star Wars night. May the Force be with you, and let's go Landers. 
Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Unlike the Big Ten, this show has only expanded by one. One hour, that is. You're listening to Spencer on Sports on 1600 ESPN. 548 back with you for a few more minutes uh, on a Friday, taking you up till 6. Got ESPN Radio National Programming till 8 when the Rising Stars Challenge starts. Uh, again, we got that for you here on 1600 ESPN. 319 1600 Let's dive right into tonight's sports menu. What are you eating? Instant mashed potatoes for frozen TV dinners. And I want to know why it didn't have mayonnaise. Okay. On the menu today, we have... Quick whip around through the weekend menu. How about that as we uh, get you off uh, into the weekend here in just a little bit. We've talked about the college games coming up this weekend on the basketball court with uh, the Iowa men playing Wisconsin tomorrow, 115 on BTN, and then Iowa State taking on Texas Tech tomorrow morning at 11 on ESPN+. Plus. Also on Sunday, got some NBC action. You and I taking on Bradley Drake hosting Murray State at 1 o'clock from the Knapp Center in Des Moines. Uh, college baseball going on this weekend. Iowa up 5-1 to one over Seton Hall right now. That game in the bottom half of the fifth. Hawkeyes have two more games uh, this weekend. They'll play Ball State, who, decent team. They were picked uh, second, I think, in the MAC this year. So uh, maybe a little bit tougher test than expected for Iowa as they take on Ball State tomorrow. But 11 a.m. start for that. And then how about some breakfast and baseball? Iowa and Lehigh, 9 a.m. Central. Uh, Sunday morning. Might, might, might fire that up while I'm uh, eating breakfast and doing stuff around the house on Sunday. But uh, that's your Iowa baseball schedule. Iowa softball playing doubleheaders, or a doubleheader tomorrow against Kansas and Coastal Carolina, and then playing UC Riverside Sunday morning as well. Iowa State softball games against UC Santa Barbara and Bradley tomorrow, and then another one with Bradley on Sunday morning. So plenty of baseball action, college baseball and softball action this weekend uh, to uh, to discuss. Uh, Iowa wrestling, Isaac, uh, senior day against uh, Wisconsin coming up uh, this, uh, this Sunday uh, inside Carver Hawkeye Arena. Iowa leading the all-time series 81-8-3 over Wisconsin. I think it was uh, Mike and Marengo on the text line asking, Wisconsin wrestling, are they pretty good? They, they're, they're a good team. It's just when they face Iowa, they lose more often than they win yeah there's at least going to be a couple interesting matches mm-hmm. there i think 125 125 is just insane this year in general um just at the no one seems to be firmly at top for too long um 125 will be interesting because i think i always they're both ranked around the top five there so it should be pretty interesting um and i believe 165 is another like top 10 matchup there for 
uh, Caliendo and uh, the Wisconsin. Dean Hamidi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, so. That'll that'll be interesting. Um, one seventy four should be pretty good. Kennedy will probably win that, and then um, those are pretty much the only three, and off the top of my head, that really stand out as sort of marquee matchups. But one twenty five, I think, will be the best, the best sort of match there. And Iowa should win it, but I said the same thing against Michigan, so you you never really know. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was certainly a shocker there. I think wrestling at home is certainly and on senior day. Boost, there's yeah. a little bit extra juice there with that, but uh, 15 total seniors, 14 uh, student athletes, and one uh, manager being honored uh, here this weekend, including some wrestlers that are no longer able to wrestle. Nelson Brands, Tony Cassiope, uh, honored this weekend as part of it. So good to see them get the recognition. Just it's tough how their senior seasons got got uh, got determined with that whole mess. I'm always going to wonder what this. I don't. Not that they would have competed with ben, Penn State or anything like that, but there is a big question mark on what this team this year would have looked like for Iowa wrestling had that not all gone down. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, regardless uh, of uh, what happened in the past, in the present, Iowa will wrestle Wisconsin uh, 1 o'clock on uh, BTN uh, this weekend. I believe so. uh, For, yes, Big Ten Network, uh, right here on the notes in front of me, uh, for the game, for the match uh, between Iowa and Wisconsin this weekend. Mark Ironside, of course, will appear in the gym class next week to uh, discuss it with Scott and Mark on Wednesday. NBA action. We've been talking about the All-Star game for the last few minutes. Uh, the Rising Stars. Uh, get, I don't know what to term it. The Rising Stars Challenge. Rising Stars Showcase. I think it's just called Rising Stars now. Uh, I know it's sponsored by the Panini Trading Card Company, so a little bit of a crossover for Collector's Corner, if you will. They had uh, Wemby and Scoot Henderson and all those guys signing stuff and uh, in front of the Panini logo and uh, for what it's worth uh, here this week. Uh, but uh, the Rising Stars uh, showcase tonight. Uh, Tamika Catchings is one of the coaches. That is Keegan Murray's team. Uh, so you have the two semifinal games, game one and game two, uh, and then the final game featuring the winners uh, for for the winner of the whole thing. That is uh, tonight, 8 o'clock on TNT, and, of course, on ESPN uh, Radio. you got, like, a, a G League team. It looks like some of the G League stars are part of it. Uh, you've got uh, you know younger players, first-year players, rookie players, and then a couple second-year teams. So kind of cool to see that. Skills challenge this weekend, too. Uh, I know some eyes uh, for Iowa State fans in particular will be on that uh, as uh, Tyrese Halliburton is part of that uh, as well. And then Steph and Sabrina, the three-point challenge. I think one of the more yeah, – it's cool to see two of the all-time best go at it the three-point challenge for for charity, right? So kind of cool to see that. I'm sure plenty of people will be tuned in to, uh, to that this weekend, too. Yeah, I said it earlier. I think the three-point contest has just become, I don't want to say must-see, but it's very, very entertaining to me. Um, I, get, I know three, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's the best thing on Saturday night now. Dunk contest is as follows. Jalen Brown, Jaime Jaquez, Mac McClung, and Jacob Toppin. Those are your contestants in the dunk contest. Mac McClung won it last year. I think he's the favorite to, I haven't seen the odds for it, but I'm assuming Mac, Mac McClung is the favorite to to repeat for that. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I I don't necessarily so. care, frankly. I just, I'm like, okay, yeah, great. I, dunk I mean, contest. Yeah, I mean, that just really has fallen off. I don't know what they got to do to 
juice. I don't know. They got to be stricter in the grading, though. Everything can't be a 50. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> I agree with you there. Uh, and then hockey uh, tonight, there is only one game, and Justin has sent in a pick for that one game. It is Carolina and Arizona. Justin says Carolina, money line, and the under. And now we know what to fade. So there you go. That is uh, Justin's picks uh, for the one hockey game tonight. Uh, three of regional interest tomorrow for what it's worth. Chicago and Ottawa, Minnesota and Buffalo and the Blues hosting the Nashville Predators here this weekend. So there you go. That's your your sports menu. I'll be taking in plenty of basketball this weekend. Probably listening into some Iowa baseball as well and uh, keeping tabs on everything I got a big uh, show of uh, Monday. It's Big Monday. We're doing our Big Monday Big Ten basketball segment uh, with JR from the Big Ten Huddle. So he'll join me as part of the show. Also, John Walters will join me live from Houston. He's going to be in Houston for the game on Monday night. And Iowa State in Houston, two teams that are, as of right now, tied for the lead in the Big 12. John will join me with a live preview from Houston coming up on Monday's show at 4.30. So listen in for that here on 1600 ESPN. Uh, we'll have JR on. We'll look back on the sports weekend. So uh, a jam-packed show, as usual, from 4 until 6. Local programming, though, does start with Todd Brommelkamp, uh, live and local 6.30 till 9 here on 1600 ESPN Monday morning. Gym class as well from 3 until 4, leading into uh, to my show here on 1600 ESPN. So appreciate uh, the interaction. If you missed anything, you can check out local podcasts at kgymradio.com. They will be posted. Ours will be posted here momentarily, but uh, Todd's podcast, Gym Class podcast, up there right now. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again Monday at 4.